0: and Scholars. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Thanks for tuning in. Sluts and Scholars is a sex positive, shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter. While we love to give advice and resources, please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we talk smart and fuck smarter. I'm Nicoletta, and I'm a marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And
1: I'm Simone, Nicoletta's friend. I'm a law student and I like to talk about sexy stuff. This week, we are joined by Robin Wilson-Beattie. She's a speaker, writer, and advocate for disability and sexuality, as well as one of the first people to talk about disability, sexuality, and marketing to adult product retailers and manufacturers. She combines years of personal experience with medically sound research to provide a unique perspective on how life and identity impacts one's sexual expression, Currently, she's working on a book that shares the reproductive health experiences of people with disabilities. Robin is a deep-fried Southern woman, mid-century buff, and proud mama of one amazing person.
2: Welcome! Hi! (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm like, oh, that person sounds really awesome. Yeah, I'd like to know her. (laughs) There's
0: so much to cover. I like feel overwhelmed and don't even know where to start because there's so many amazing things that you do. (laughs) I know what I want to start with. Okay. Devotees. (laughs)
2: So yeah, this just is get a term
1: to it. So this is a term that I just found out about because we actually We had, actually I didn't know it either. Oh, I thought you did. No. I was like, "Oh, Nicole has a sex therapist. She knows this term." No, I so knew about I knew about the principle of it, but I didn't know wait, the, the name for it. We got to explain it. We got to explain it. Okay, so we got this email because we love getting emails from listeners, and it was in response to our minor attracted persons, our non offending minor attracted persons episode, which is a really great one. But basically, it has to do with like fantasies that are really hard to talk about and that are taboo mm-hmm. and like really shunned and like people think you're really fucked up or you're just never yeah. supposed to express them. And this is a fetish fantasy, profound sexual attraction for like fetishizing almost folks with disabilities. Is that an accurate description? Or is it not so much fetishizing?
2: It's just- yeah, because um, as I as I was discussing with Nicoletta, like I was like, wow, oh wait, fetish is on a non-human object, and so I didn't um, know that. Yeah, yeah it's
0: interesting because a lot of people say foot fetish as like just a colloquial thing, but when it's an attraction to something that is uh, human, um, it's not a fetish. Fetish is for like non-human things, but it's yeah. just been like overused. Um, in a lot of ways As like fetish- being fetishized Which I guess could be like Maybe you see something as not human
1: Yeah, yeah. I think defined. that when we use you the could,
0: point Fetishizing
1: a human You're kind mm-hmm. of taking away their humanness Like I, you fetishize yeah. an ethnicity You fetishize like some sort like, and, and then you're kind of removing The human element to that person
2: But then you could also though Be You could have a fetish for you know Just like the equipment the medical equipment, Mm. I'm sitting here reading. So that could be a fetish. Like if you're just like, you are attracted to Wilters, not so much the person that's in it, but Yeah, I mean, Robin
0: has a really sexy like scooter over there.
2: uh (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but there, you know, there are people that, you know, they're turned on by, you know, by the the accoutrement, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) But by um, the medical, the medical aspects of it or, and there's like different kinds I found out there's different kinds of devotees um depending on what their attraction to is to you know like amputees has they have their own phrase and people who are attracted to wheelchairs people using wheelchairs or walkers or canes or braces one of the things that i found first off was that it is called if you are attracted to people with if you use wheelchairs and stuff that's called Ab Abasiophilia, Abba so A-B-A-S-I-O-P-H-I-L-I-A, but um, it's defined as a love of or sexual attraction to people who use leg braces or other orthopedic appliances, and then other expanded definitions say about like orthopedic leg braces, orthopedic cast, and or wheelchairs, and walker, but you know, so they're, they're trying to. like
1: leg mobility. Yeah. So, but or yeah. Lack but, thereof. But like-
2: no, but for amputees, though, ampute- an amputee fetish, that's acrotomophilia. Like acro, acro- I think I like acrobatics, I guess, but acromoto because that's like the absence of limbs
0: so it sounds like as with as with minor attraction there's like different set there's sets.
2: different kinds because you can also you could be an amputee who uses a wheelchair and it, the person who you know somebody can be you know you can be in the wheelchair and the wheelchair is not the part of the attraction it's the part that you right. don't you miss you don't have the limbs and it's Got not it. so much that you're not mobile it's hey you're looking good over there you don't you don't have, you know, you don't have the limbs but <laughs> i don't know That was like and that's the whole thing is the whole like, fact wow. that we're finding this funny is stuff like, that. but it it all stems though from the reason why this is all seen as different or whatever because it all stems from how we think about bodies and how we think about what is normal or what is right and that's all and so we're going on this this model of able-bodiedness And that that is attractive because it's a taboo because it's seen as not normal. Yes. And so basically, you know, if you sit there and you think about that. But so I was sitting here, everything I was reading, they were like really pathologizing. um, Like some of the some of the things. Yeah. If you like read like the medical literature talking about it. I mean,
1: that's how the person who emailed us was. They very much equated it to. Attraction to minors. I was super
0: grateful for this this email that we got, and I I really loved hearing it. And maybe maybe someday they'll come on the podcast and Mm -hmm. and talk about it. But as someone who potentially is on like the receiving end, I guess we'll use the word "fed" of being fetishized for that. Like, how do you tell when you're looking to to date someone, or when you have dated someone? Like, what if they're trying to hook up with you, like just for the experience? Or um, does it matter to you?
2: Okay. See, I have a lot. I have many different um, thoughts about this because um, I, I can, I've kind of drawn parallels between um, how I've been approached by devotees and like my reaction and things like that. But then, based on my history, I'm a black woman, um, and I'm also a plus size woman. So I've, I've, um, I've experienced, of course, you know, um, chubby chasers, people who are attracted to uh, big, beautiful women.
0: So you have you know. an intersection of three yeah. minority people. Yeah, exactly.
2: And, um, and people, you know, or from, you know, white people or, or, you know, who are like, yeah, black women are, you know, from, uh, you know, having, you know, my body that way, you know, or fetishizing Okay, even though it's not fetishizing, but for the site, Um but for ease of expression. expression. Our exactly. listeners know
1: this is not a true fetish disclaimer that we are not <laughs> yes, using the
2: word fetish exactly. properly. <laughs> I
0: just want
1: you to know that but we are gonna use it for ease of communication.
0: And we're still figuring out the definition ourselves. <laughs> All
2: right, so um yeah, so basically, uh so I'd already had that experience. So I acquired my disability and how I first found out about devotees is somebody, an anonymous person contacted me on Facebook and, you know, and he he friended me. And then I noticed that he had all of these people and I was like, Oh, is this like a disability advocate or something? Cause you know, that's, you know, people connect social media that way, you know, through disability advocacy. And then I was like, no, he doesn't have a picture of him, but he sure has a picture of a lot of women with crutches. And, and then he had it in wheelchairs and braces. And then, and he had in drawings and he's like, oh, I see you use one cane. He goes, I think, because you know, I had a picture of me with my cane. He goes, I think he would look hotter if you used two. Like, and then I was like... <laughs> And, oh, let's not even talk about Fetline. Um yeah, We can't oh, talk, we about talk about FetLife. We will talk about fat. Yeah. <laughs> but, How did you respond to that? Um, I said, excuse me. Yeah, and that was the thing. I, I asked, I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, you know. And so, basically, he explained that he was a devotee. And, and, and initially, I was horrified i guess because i still you know i had my own internalized ableism around what it meant you know to have a disabled body because i you because know you transitioned to yeah it. because i yeah i acquired my injury um, mm. my spinal cord injury and so and that resulted in the paralysis so i didn't always have it so i was still you know um navigating how i felt about that and about that being part of my identity Um, and so realizing that that was something else that people could see or express a sexual interest in that blew my mind because let me tell you in rehab, they're not talking about that shit. They're, <laughs> they're not, you know, they probably when they, should be. Yeah. Well, the sexuality talk in the first place and you know, they're getting, yeah, did
0: they have a talk with you when you were doing rehab about how your injury would affect you sexually? I'm guessing not.
2: No, I'm sitting here no. shaking my head and laughing because, um, what they did was, um, and this was like, this was uh, about 14 years ago. So, you know, but when I, but I, have heard that it's still pretty much kind of the same. And they still use the same film. But what happened was, okay, I, you know, in the spinal cord injury hospital, we spent a really, we spent weeks and weeks. I learned all about how to pee, poop, whatever, you know, you know, with AIDS, like how to do a catheter, how to do, you know, you know, bowel program, regulating my temperature, all of these kind of things like that. All important shit. When it came to sex, no pun intended. Um, but, <laughs> you <sound like> giggle? <laughs> i mean you can
0: include peeing and shitting in your sex but yeah, it doesn't yeah, sound like exactly. it was but, sexual. yeah
2: that wasn't no nah, this was more about yeah <laughs> keeping you keeping you regulated and healthy but um so they separated us by gender first of all um like yeah this is I, like
1: sex ed in like fourth fifth, fifth i don't know grade. You guys that's what i
2: was like i was like this is like Fifth grade, when they took us the boys and the girls, and we talked about we're going to get hair on our privates, and we get a box of pads and tampons. <laughs> so, you know, but so they separated, also they made it eighteen and up and because there was a girl whose mom the, the girl was seventeen, or yeah, she had turned seventeen in the hospital, but she was sixteen, turned seventeen. She was in the hospital because she got in a car accident with her very adult boyfriend and um you know and she got a spinal cord injury um and she was would, not allowed
1: to participate in this. yeah
2: i was like she already there she's uh, it's already happening what what the hell what a
1: fucked uh, up thing to deprive a yeah person of
2: yeah like, exactly
1: like doing something
2: yeah exactly that's I what know. i was like. but her own mother was like she needs this class <gasps>
1: Oh, I assume it was the mother who said no.
2: No, the mother was like, no, hell yeah, she needs to be there. And, and the this, hospital said no. Yeah, the hospital said no, no. Um, and so, okay, so I don't know what they showed the, the male-identified participants, but for the female-identified patients, we watched a film. Um, it was about 45 minutes, 40, 45-minute film um, depicting various women with spinal cord injuries but they weren't really talking about sex as so much as lamenting what they didn't weren't able to do anymore and you know they just made it sound like well your sex life is over and guess what you can cuddle and you can form intimacy other ways so and- did you think that No I was pissed I was just I was pregnant at the time too oh there was a whole thing because I Pregnant at the same time I did had you, my
0: Oh, wow. So, How did you acquire your injury if you're comfortable? Oh, yeah.
2: That? Oh, I'm more than uncomfortable. Um, I, I had a, it was discovered I had a really rare birth defect inside of my spinal cord called an venous malformation. But basically, I was having an aneurysm inside my spinal cord. It's extraordinarily rare. You can look it up. Wow. It doesn't, it just doesn't really happen. And it's an extraordinarily rare birth defect. So I had experimental surgery um, at a university hospital um Emery okay, to remove it and I found out a week before the surgery I found which you know it took a team to put together and to decide how to do it and everything and I found out a week before I was pregnant with my now uh kid, 15 year old <laughs> and so um and So that was an ordeal because I learned a lot. But but all of that actually is is why I became a sex educator. Because it was all born out of my own experience as somebody with a disability going through all these things and seeing where the gaps were when it came to education for both people with disabilities and without disabilities around disability and sex and repro health. But as far as like the set film, that was the most disappointing thing ever.
1: Before we move on to the film, or I mm-hmm. guess maybe that's it, fucking it. But I to uh. turn to one thing. So you found out a week before your surgery that you were pregnant with your child yeah. now. Uh-huh. Um, and... So I'm in this incredible reproductive justice law clinic at my law school, and we've recently been talking a lot about the way that pregnant people are treated by the medical system. S- and especially, like, black black, especially black pregnant. Especially black pregnant people.
2: Black pregnant and a quadriplegic.
1: Well, so I'm curious. So you were, a qua- you were not a quadriplegic before? No. Or not quadriplegic before? Okay. So yeah, I'm curious now. about... Any sort of pressure you felt from physicians or even yourself? Oh, like did you question whether or not you were going to go through the surgery because you found out you were pregnant?
2: Actually, the reason I actually did go through the surgery is because I found out I was pregnant. Because I was ready to be like, oh wait, I'm about to die. Whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and not whatever, but I, I was like, it's so my if you time hadn't to go. The
0: surgery, you would have died from the yeah. aneurysm. Uh, yeah,
2: I was, I was, it was, it was bleeding. It was getting ready to blow. Wow. So mm-hmm. basically, it was like a little ticking time bomb in there. And I was like, okay. Um, And I just remember going. But once I found out I was pregnant, you know, I I I just felt it, just you know, in inside me that I was like, this is my sign, you know. Basically, I was like, this is my sign from the universe that Mm -hmm. you know things living and yeah, to keep on or keep fighting or to keep on. You know, it was like a it was hope.
1: Yeah, eh. that's amazing, because the reason I, I'm asking, and I'm so glad it was a positive experience for you, yeah. and that it, like, came from within, and you were like, way. oh, is because there's a lot of other instances where, like, basically, once you, like, cho- once you become pregnant, like, you give up a lot of autom- autonomy and rights. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so there's, like, but I was wondering if either the, if knowing that it was experimental and you were running the risk of uh, quadriplegia versus... Uh, you would die, and therefore the the embryo at that point would die too. Was the state "quote unquote" pressuring you to oh yeah. not go through the surgery because you'd be a "quote unquote" oh. bad mother if you were paralyzed? Kind of, versus you can't kill this baby, have the surgery.
2: Okay, this is how they were. They and in, this is in Atlanta, Georgia, because that's right where yeah. they
1: they override uh, medical directives if you're pregnant. Yeah.
2: So yeah, it. it Okay, so I was strongly, strongly urged to terminate up until like the day before surgery. And this, I remember this young doctor who goes, I can get you the name of where you can go and it can be really quiet. And, then, and I, because I, because I remember I was like, I, I remember like one of the I was like, of course I'm not getting worse. I was like, I'm not dealing with all those people. And the front, you know, I even, though, I don't know why that popped out of my mouth, even though I, you know, say but that was just the first thing I was thinking, like Clinton. And, and I think, and then that's why he later on was like, here, this will be very quiet. Blah, blah. But I was like, no, I don't. But I was like, no, no, I want, I want to try. And they're like, you realize that, you know, you probably gonna, this is gonna end up in miscarriage. We're doing this, that, would, you know, I, you know, because basically I had my back cut into, It it had the. they cut through all the muscle back there and through your back, you know, and then they um, went in, as my physician put it, filleted my spinal cord and to remove um, that uh, the thing that was causing the uh, The pressure. Yeah, the pressure and the aneurysm. So, um, yeah. um, And we survived i you know i was given every dire warning in the world we weren't we weren't i mean i was given a 60 percent chance of dying anyway so technically on, this on was, the table this was
0: successful and they knew that you would have paralysis
2: yeah oh yeah this is this i exceeded i exceeded wow. what their expectations were i was wow. never expected to walk again um or you know i
1: and you picked, do walk
2: Wow. With a walker, yeah. With a walker. Yeah, I use a you'd walker. You'd look really yeah.
1: hot with two of them.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It's <laughs> so funny because it's like, it's sort of like negging for like accessibility. You know when yeah. Someone's like, oh, you'd look really hot if you lost 10 pounds. Cause yeah, like it's like. In the yeah. pickup artist community and negging you, it's like yeah. negging for disability. Really. Like, oh, wow. Well, One, okay. you'd look hot with, you'd look really hot with two. Hey, slutty scholars. Are you working up a sweat listening to this episode? Take care of your body with some products from our sponsors, Native Deodorant. For 20% off of your first purchase, visit nativedeodorant.com and use our promo code s S-A-N-D-S during checkout. I've been using Native since before they sponsored our show, because my mom even approved it, and she works in cosmetics. I've tried other natural deodorants, but honestly, this is the first one that actually works and lasts for me. I've really been liking the lavender rose scented one. It's aluminum-free, safe, and effective. They have an awesome selection of other scents, and they even offer an unscented version and one with no baking soda for those with sensitivities. The best part, though, is that it's no risk to try and Native offers free returns and exchanges in the US. For 20% off your purchase now, visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code S&S during checkout. Now, back to the episode. How about
2: though? I once I was like I was on Bet life and a person asked me um because they they said that they were a devotee disabilities like I really like when he goes, do, do you think we could maybe play and you could be somebody with cerebral palsy? And I was just like, that's offensive as fuck. Why the hell? Am I gonna want to- I I that I had that there were so many layers in that. I just I didn't even answer nothing. I didn't even really want to unpack it unpack it mentally. I was just like wow. Well firstly I know
0: people with cerebral palsy yeah. who would want to have sex. and yeah. And I also, is it that bad?
2: No, but I want to know why he wanted me to pretend. specifically yeah. pretend yeah. to have a disability that I didn't have. I don't know. Yeah, I
1: feel like it's- But like what I if someone how was able-bodied? Like in the sense where it's like you hire like an- asian actor to play a black person
2: <laughs> yeah is it kind of like yeah that? that's how i felt
1: you're like, you know, if, like you're are, if you're gonna fetishize me for see, what this is it needs to
2: be the like, right let
1: me be the thing that you're fetishizing me not yeah. try to have even more control and tell me what to do, do and yeah. like if you want do a black person to perform this role, you should fucking hire a hat yeah exactly um, exactly
2: but in, but do in general if they're you you attracted they to the thought okay of having a someone. And you know, there's you know, there's also you know, trans ability, or transabled, you know, or people. What's that? Uh, uh, people they because they identify inside um, as having a certain disability. There are people who, and you know, there. It's it 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 happens. How yeah. does the disability
1: like, community? F- I mean, I think there's just so many questions that I have.
2: There are people who, you know, trans transabled or, you know, trans, or they identify as having a certain disability really strongly. There have been people um who so that like means use a ex- wheelchair. Internally
0: they don't physically yeah, they have don't it, physically but they don't physically feel have internally it, like they align
2: with it. it. They align with it and yeah, there have been people who have been able to have like limbs removed, um or or, or things like that. Yeah, I have a, my friend Bethany Stevens um, is a disability and sexuality uh, scholar, and she studies this, and she's like one of the, you know, she hates it when I talk about it like this, but I, but she, I was like, you're one of the experts in transibility, because nobody else is really talking about this, but yeah, she does. On.
0: That is fascinating. Yeah. I haven't heard that. It does remind me of that, like, Rachel Dolezal, whatever, who was like, I am black, yeah. even though she was not. yeah. So I do wonder how the disability community would respond to, to somebody identifying that way. Yeah. How, what do you think about
2: it? I know you don't
0: represent the entire I mean,
2: population of folks with disabilities. I do the entire disability community. I'm, I guess I'm more of the, the, are you causing harm to anyone else? And, you know, um, I'm, I don't... I I feel like there's just so much we don't really know about how people think uh, or, you know, or, you know, what's going on in their heads. But I mean, I don't I don't want to pathologize it. I do. Mm. I have to I've had to sit there because at first I was like, that's just fucked up. Why would anybody do that? Because as somebody with a disability, I'm like, OK, yeah, I've embraced who I am. But I'm like, it's fucking challenging, though. You know, accessing you know the community and and stuff, and I'm like, why would you create um, an addition? Uh, uh, why would you create obstacles for mm-hmm. your you know? And I and then I had to think about it, and I'm going, well, is this an obstacle or is it just an access issue? What is it about this? You know, but you know, but ultimately, it's not my life um you do what you want I am like if my kid came to me but I have to think of it in terms of what would I say if my kid came to me and said hey um you know I I identify as an amputee I would like to get my leg removed I I don't think I would react that well to that I don't think I would, uh, you know, and so I have to sit there and think about that. You know, I can be one way when I'm like somebody grown doing what they want to do. But <laughs> I'm so sorry, Robin. Just the <laughs> fact that you're like still
1: approaching this in such a non judgmental way, I'm just like in awe. <laughs> like, and, I, and we really strive yeah. to be non judgmental, and I'm not judging and like, yeah. a... In, like, yeah. a you're so fucked up. Thing, uh, yeah. But I'm just like, wow, this is so beyond my wheelhouse of, like, full comprehension. But this is something that you have
0: actually wrapped your mind around. And I'm just, Yeah,
2: I've actually. Oh, yeah. Know. I thought. Well. Well, your
0: child is, is on the trans.
2: Yeah, my spectrum. child is trans. And my mm-hmm. child, like, transgender. So, you know. So and, you've already been approached with Yeah, I've already. Something. I've already been, you know. Okay. Yes. You know, my kid is, like, you know. Uh, it was a a summer ago not this past summer the summer before that because you said something
0: before about like why would you want to create um barriers or something in your life and i guess you could say the same thing to someone Mm -hmm. who's trans it's like well why would you want to go through all of that it's like because i don't feel right
2: yeah in my body and that's it and you know And that is, you know, and that's, and these are the, and matter of fact, these are some discussions I've had with my kid Mm -hmm. because I'm like, okay, you're a person of color. And, you know, I just, you know, and I'm like, I'm just talking about realities and stuff. I was like, so, you know, I was like, mama's going to support you. I'm I'm here. And, you know, whatever, if this is who you are and this is who you feel you are, then that's who you are. And I'm here for it. And I will, nobody better say different at all. I, you know, I'm a mom God, bear. you're such
0: a good mom. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I love my
2: kiddo. But, you know, my kid's awesome.
0: Well, but, bo- I mean, I hate to use the cliche like Miracle Baby, but like yeah, the odds uh, yeah. were against both of you. Yes,
2: very much so. so yeah, I you mean, really have
0: been on this journey
2: together. And know? so yeah, exactly. I mean, he's like, I, I sit there and he's always like mom, but um, he's the reason, I mean, I'm so glad that I got pregnant with him because I was like this is why I have this this is know, why career. you're alive. This is why I'm alive. Actually they also think, you know, it you know, but that maybe stem cells from mm-hmm. yeah because I was pregnant and that as I'm Your body forming, my, my, I am forming my virus, is making new stuff and which is why I was able to heal and able to mm. re- regain a lot of stuff. I don't know, but I am still. I'm. I'm. am a quadriplegic. I'm a walking quad. There are other walking quadriplegics.
1: How is what quadriplegic defined?
2: Quadriplegic is okay. It, it depends on where you're damaged in your, on, on your spinal cord. Got it. Okay, and quadriplegic is like if you are like your upper cervical area, and so I'm like a C4, which is like kind of in the middle of your neck. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where the damage is. That's where that um, that's oh, wow. where the AVM was, and that's where they had to go in and cut that out. Because so. when I
0: hear quadriplegic, I thought it was I four think, limbs. Yeah, I think like that you yeah. can't, that you have but, an injury like below the neck, and that you yeah, it can't is. really
2: feel or move. So, so it's like it is below my neck. Now my body is weird. Yeah, Some places you I feel, other places I don't. Like for instance, like my breast, you know, they don't feel. Wow. And so, so if someone touches them, you can't. No, feel not right. Not unless like impact. I can like maybe impact. I can feel that. And my nipples Is that what got you little... interested in kink stuff because <laughs> you're like, well, to be I mean, honest, you can't me me heart. I want to feel. Yeah, that's why. No, seriously, that's I why I love it. like nipple clamps or any of those kind of things because my nipples have some feeling, like not like they were before, but it's like kind of like an echo of a feeling. But nipple clamps helps bring that more to the fore, mm-hmm. and so like the and, but, so, you don't feel your chest unless it's no, really strong. Unless it's really, really strong, which is actually, there are things that are problems. That's why I have to do skin checks and stuff like that because I, I burn myself with a vibrator because I could not feel on Sorry, a certain part of me. You burnt yourself. Uh-huh. How okay, long were you, were you using that vibrator? Okay, girl? let's talk about this. Okay, this <laughs> I is also like this why. This be a PSA. Like, you can <laughs> burn yes. yourself with a vibrator? Yes, it yes, yes, has been yes. on for a long uh-huh. <laughs> time. The friction? Okay, like, I, was- I Okay, first off, it was a cheap knockoff, like, Hitachi-style (laughs) wand-type toy off of the internet. Okay, don't do that. That's
1: another... (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Don't do that. How not to burn yourself with your vibrator.
2: (laughs) And so I had left it. I had plugged it in, you know, and I had, you know, given myself several orgasms, worn myself out, passed out, went to sleep. Okay, and so my... My clitoris feels, but my vulva does not. Like, the pubic mound. Okay, I'm okay, not saying vulva, I mean. Okay, my pubic mom's mound pubis. does not. My mound's pubis does not feel. However, like, my clitoris um, inside my vagina, you know, all that. That, that. that part does feel. However, the pubic mound does not. And is that based on where the injury was? That's because, yes, yeah, C4. So, anything below the neck. It's like there's no. I feel like there's no rhyme or reason because I think like, the, the
0: age old thing that someone told me is like if the vagus nerve is intact, mm-hmm. then you can still have genital feeling orgasm.
2: Yeah, I can, I can. I guess my vagus nerve is still intact. I don't know I if don't that's know. the
0: science of it, but I'm I'm still learning about the the physiology. Of but
2: I can. Yeah, I can have a clitoral. You can have a clitoral. I can orgasm. have a cl- and which is that's the thing. Though, yeah, you know, I am a quadriplegic. But there are some things, yes, that I can do that are not, that people don't think about, they think about quadriplegia. But. Or even
1: tell you about when you're getting your fucking sex class yeah. in quadriplegic hospital.
0: Yeah. yeah. So second it's PSA, a- if you have a spinal cord injury, you can definitely have an orgasm. Sometimes well, generally, sometimes You might not. be able to have. You might. Well, but I think that... Even if it's not genitally, you can have other types can, there's, of, of there's pleasure. There's other pleasure. You might, I think definite is a strong word to yeah, use. Yeah, definitely. There's
2: okay. are like different ways. Because a lot of
0: pressure. You are still pleasure-able. Yes. That,
1: yes. oh.
2: Yes, you can
0: still. Pleasure-able.
1: Like, <laughs> pleasurable.
0: Is that I what wish. you were doing? No, well, so. yeah. And it's another term of like, instead of that you're pleasurable, it's that you're able to because have pleasure, pleasure, that you are a body that is like deserving yeah. and able to have okay. pleasure and deserve so pleasure. Okay, but and, so you're burning your, you're burning her body. Her. Okay,
2: so what? Okay, so the thing is though, your body, if you, you know, you just have these unconscious movements. You don't think about it, but if you get near a stimulus or something that's too hot or uncomfortable or so, your body just automatically it just shifts. Even like in your sleep, whatever unconscious, you're gonna move. You're just gonna do that. But if you can't, if you feel, can't it. feel it and your nerves aren't getting that message, what happens is a cheap vibrator will, bur- you know, give you a burn. Like and what so part of it? My my pubic mound, right?
1: No, like, no. What um, part of the vibrator?
2: Oh, I guess it was the hot. It was le- like I said, it was left plugged into the wall. It was one of those plug into the wall ones, so it was on all night. <laughs> And I like in was in the sheets. Like, so yes. like, overheated. Yeah. <laughs> on my on my pubic mound. And so and then no no there's a whole story that goes with that because I because I don't feel that it got infected. And, and that's when I finally felt something because I felt like a pain pressure and I couldn't really see and I was at a I was at a I, I was at a play group. <laughs> with another mom and her kids, and oh, I like asked not a sex, sex group <laughs> No, <laughs> no, that's why I was like, with the with a mom and and her kids, were they playing with toys and shit? And I was like, hey, Janine, I said, can you take a look real quick? Cause things aren't, it's, you know, Could don't you look. So t- yeah, so I put that. She goes, and she's German, and she was, you know, she'd only been in the country like a couple of years, so she's just like. Oh, oh, that's bad. She's like, oh, your pussy is bad. (laughs) You need to go to the doctor. That's not good. You need to go to the doctor now. And I was like, so I call my OBGYN and he's on vacation. So I had to go to my regular primary care physician who... Okay, so I have, you know, you have to call the office and you have to call on the phone and say, and, and say you know, what your issue is so, you know, you can be seen right away or whatever. And I was I like... Got the bad pussy. Yeah! <laughs> I was like, I burnt my, you know, I was like, I burnt my, I think I said vagina, but, you know, even though I was talking about my pubic mouth, but I was like, yeah, it's And she was like, um... Okay, and so when I, went, when I went to the doctor's office and the nurse, uh, Tabitha, because, like, they'd been my doctor, like, for, de- like, a decade, over, de- you know, a couple of decades almost. And I was just like, Tabitha just started laughing. I was like, I said, it's okay, girl. Laugh, laugh. It's fine. I was like, but then Dr. Marcus comes in and he's just like, well, somebody has to keep things interesting around here. <laughs> I, I, I loved I loved Dr. Marcus but, um, Dr.
1: Marcus sounds great
2: yeah he was but he was just like but then when he looked at it he was like damn and I was like oh wow wow that means it's really odd. Aw- that doesn't make me feel great <laughs> no, no I just meant as in no we have that kind of relationship I, I like that he was joking with me but I was just like oh wow yeah But um, silver nitrate antibiotics And threw that toy out. Pussy's good again. Pussy's good again. You know, healed up. Got,
0: you know. So you got to do skin checks on the parts of your body that don't feel so that you make sure that they look physically healthy.
2: Yeah. And, you know, so I also have to, also, more than just that, you know, like I have to make sure, like, if I'm getting flogged or, you know, caned or spanked or whatever, I just need to. Make sure that, you know, welts and things like that are not going to become things that can be infected because sometimes you can have little breaks in your skin mm-hmm. and stuff and you can get, um, bacteria in there and then it'll make it, like, cause I had that once on my leg or whatever. So you get, can't like, have
1: skin dead. lacerations?
2: It's
1: mm. just good to stay away it's from?
2: It's just good for me to stay away from it because I wouldn't be able to feel if it wasn't healing right or, you know, mm. or something like that, um... I wouldn't, and so, but that's one, that's one of the things, like, if you have, um, a spinal cord injury or something, you're supposed to check your body, like, with a mirror and stuff every day, just to see, um, and, you know, to prevent pressure sores and things like that. And also um, to look
0: at how hot you are. And so, have you discovered other parts of your body that have, like, heightened pleasure sensations since you've had, like, my neck. numbness? Your neck. Okay. So is that something you knew like before, or this has come
2: since that has come the since acquired disability? That came after acquiring the disability. I mean, I'd always like you know like having like my ears nibbled or whatever, but it wasn't until um way after you know after um, my injury that I discovered like my neck that I could orgasm from having like a certain part of my neck stimulated and kissed and licked, or Interestingly enough, on my arm, like the inside of my arm. Like by your elbow? Yeah, like kind of right oh. in right. there. How long does it take? Let's all scratcher? Yeah, it's just I'm like. i a vibrator on but there. But it's like, well, it's like, like more it's of like a battery. lever or whatever. It's just like, and it just how, feels good. how does good. the
0: orgasm feel different when it's a neck or an elbow orgasm versus a clitoral?
2: Uh, the matter of fact, the neck one for me is so intense. That I sometimes have to feel p- it in your genitals, like where do you no, feel No, I it? feel it in my whole body. I feel it, in my whole body, but especially like down, like it. It kind of is like almost like in my womb, but it's just a, it's a whole like body. in your core. Yeah, in my core, I feel it, but I also feel like it will just. It's so. It's too good. Like I have to push
0: the person. Ooh, it was so good. She just threw
2: the microphone across the room. I was I was thinking about the last time that it happened, and I had to, I was like going, yeah, I had to push my boyfriend like off, and I'm going okay, and but then I'm like, but actually, don't let me push you. I want you to keep on because then it's like because it, I like it because so if you so keep going, so it's awesome. so sensitive. Like and one time, like I've a couple of times I've passed out. It's been so awesome.
1: But oh, I've never passed out, and I like dream of passing. It's like a weird thing. Maybe no, no, like I, a weird. Maybe that. No, it's a weird not. Thing. No, just, no. Like, I don't know if it's like necessarily sexual. It's just like I want to feel all the feelings that people get to experience, and so like I want to feel what it's like to pass out.
0: <laughs> because of sex, or just to pass out? No, general?
1: even just like generally. Whenever I found out someone's fainted before, I'm like, oh, what? You've I never done that. No, I never think- have i ever fainted oh god Never have I ever broken a bone but i don't want to break a bone
2: no don't, don't you don't want to break a bone i i used to be able to say that until they like removed part of my bone i'm like i don't <laughs> know if that counts i didn't break it they did but you know <laughs> i mean you clearly have such a sense of humor
0: about this all and like i can't not laugh as you're talking about yeah. some like intense traumatic like fucked up shit but also some great stuff like how did you get to a place of mm. making this transition and like going with the flow
2: with all of this uh therapy a lot of therapy even though i, I i'm a i'm a lot for therapists <laughs> i just think at least they keep us interesting mm-hmm. but um no, um. What do you mean you're a lot for therapists? Yeah, I always feel like that. Like, cause I've had okay, I've had a few therapists. I just put my therapy face on. I, okay. I love it. No, okay, <laughs> take it away. Okay, there are also now you know more informed therapists, but you have mm-hmm. to realize, um, right? They might, that they might not be kink aware. They might not be disability informed. Really They're probably not. You are, don't know anything about intersectionality. <laughs> the first time I finally met someone who and a therapist, um because I have, you know, full disclosure, yeah, I have a mental illness. I have uh, depression and anxiety disorder. And... Um, you mentioned uh, ADD. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously. ADHD, fun for you and me. <laughs> 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 it's like, and um, those, and I've had uh, PTSD from past trauma and abuse. So um, I had already, you know, had, you know, wrestled with, those things so but it was finally finding the right therapist who was willing to find out about you know uh polyamory and all of those things that make me me but in the atlanta area i mean now i mean but you i'm listening looking you two and you're going wait what you couldn't find out somebody that was like poly or trump informed and you have to realize it's hard. that it's hard um, especially when you're in Georgia, you know, not, you know, cause California, yeah. New York, you know, all, there are all these, you know, not every, not everywhere these places. Like, like I like to say all the time, I was like, yeah, not, not everywhere is California. Y'all is a bubble. So, um, but also, but also that, but also community, my big one. Do you want to know how I got through this shit? Community mm-hmm. connecting with other people with disabilities hell that's who taught me more about devotees and also to help change my mind thinking about devotees because i had there were people there that was like i you know like they they were with people who were devotees they were you know like those were their partners or you know a part you know their husband or whatever but they were like and other people like yeah i don't care this expands the dating pool And then whereas some people with disabilities, you know, find the whole concept of somebody being attracted to them, you know, offensive, I guess, to be honest, it's just going to depend on the person.
0: Robin, thank you so much for joining us. It has been amazing chatting with you so much so that we have decided to continue on and do another full episode. But you can only get it by joining us on patreon.com slash scholars. We are going to put in the show notes how you can get in touch with Robin and follow the work that she is doing. Again, if you want to follow what we're doing, we're on Instagram at slutsandscholars, on Twitter at scholars, and please email us with your ideas at slutsandscholars at gmail.com. And if you can't join us on Patreon, we really appreciate those free reviews wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much.